I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, our long national nightmare is over. After 27 days, 10 candidates, at least 12 interviews. If you count the ones that went in for a second time, the Buccaneers... They have an offensive coordinator. Is going to be Seahawks quarterbacks coach Dave Canales. He's 41 years old. I guess his claim to fame, you would say, would be the fact that he revitalized or helped revitalize the career of one Geno Smith, who led the Seahawks to a 9-8 and record, a playoff appearance. He was the NFL's comeback player of the year. And they were working on finishing this deal. By the time you hear this podcast, it may be done. This was happening late Wednesday night. He replaces, finally, Byron Leftwich, who was fired all the way back on January 19th, man. That was a long time ago when they had that big purge of uh, various assistants. I think uh, another, what, nine total were either uh, fired or, or retired. Three of them retired, as a matter of fact. And so, you know, this has been... Look, it's taken some time. It's taken some patience. I, th- I think that both those staffs with the Cardinals and the Colts, they needed to hire head coaches. That certainly helped the situation. I'm not sure you would have started this process saying that you were going to get a guy from Seattle that was 41 years old and has basically worked his entire career under Pete Carroll. This goes all the way back to the USC days when he started as a strength coach. Um, and quite frankly, Steve, how about this? The next play that Dave Canales calls the next one that he orders up, calls down from the press box or the sideline. That'll be the first play he's ever called as a coach in his life. Not in high school, not in junior college, not in college, not in the pros. His first play. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I don't think that's what Bucks fans were expecting on the hire. Uh-uh. Nope. I don't either. Uh, it- you kind of wonder, you know, granted, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. That's true. But if it's Kyle Trask, who's never started a game. Right. Or been active for, what, two games, three games in two his game, career? Well, two games he had a helmet, one he played. Yeah, he three yeah one he's played. Against Atlanta. I don't know what confidence that gives you. Now, granted, what he did with Geno Smith this year, you like really that. Good. You like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. But who's going to call the plays? I mean, presumably one of the reasons Byron left, which is no longer the coordinator here, is there was a lot of pass plays called, not many run plays. Yeah, it was you know a lot, like of the, play a lot of the play calling, and that's right, absolutely. Now you're going to hire someone who's never called it before. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking, you know, for someone to develop quarterbacks, and if you think that what he did with Geno Smith and believe that he was a big part of the reason why Geno Smith did as well as he did this year, then you like that part of it. So, and sure I mean, you, you know, at some, everyone's got to call their first play at some point. Generally. <laughs> well, maybe not at the NFL level. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, like he's called as many plays as me. And I, I, listen, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that, that this guy who has been with Pete Carroll all this time mm-hmm. and, 
been in been in that offense and and listen there's a lot of things about the Seattle offense that clearly um Todd Bowles would would covet right starting with the fact that they ran the football you know mm-hmm. I think they were tied for 5th um in uh rushing average I think they averaged like 4748 per play mm-hmm. um yeah they're tied for 5th and the Bucks of course were last at 3.4 yards that's that's a big difference obviously um and so if he brings that offense that was run dominated. Um, if if he had something to do with Geno Smith winning comeback player of the year and Geno had his best season as a pro, mm-hmm. they after trading Russell Wilson, everybody thought that they were dead. Now think about the parallels here, right? Tom Brady leaves. Everybody says, you guys got no shot, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Russell Wilson left, and everybody said, now Seattle's got no shot. Well, you know what? Seattle made the playoffs. They, they were in the wild card game against the 49ers. And a lot of people gave them zero chance. And, and no one thought that much of Geno Smith coming in there and doing it. And Geno had a career year and one comeback player of the year. I mean, he threw for 42-82 and 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. I mean, he was exceptional. And, you know, at age 32, like at an age where you wouldn't expect something like, like that to transpire, but it did. And um, and so you you got to give him some credit. I mean, obviously the offensive coordinator would share in that too. But – you know the fact of the matter is, if you if you look at this guy's sort of his pedigree, um, all he has is is Kyle Trask to work with, and you know this is a guy that worked his way up. He was a receiver, defensive back in California, Carson High School, played receiver at Azusa Pacific University. It was an NAIA program, and became coaching in at, in California El Camino College, and then. He's an assistant strength coach, assistant strength coach in 2009. That's how long – he's only worked for one guy, Pete Carroll. His entire career has been spent with Pete Carroll. Now, they've, now Pete Carroll has been in Seattle a long time, okay? And this guy became their passing game coordinator, uh, and he, he just last season became their quarterback's coach. But, you know, the bottom line is – I don't remember until this year anybody necessarily interviewing him. Now, I know he had a couple of interviews in Carolina as well, so it's not like the Bucks were completely out of left field. I just there's not a track record. There's nothing. It is a projection at best, right? It is a mm-hmm. hey, this guy can bring something we don't have a system. Maybe he's got some creative ideas. Maybe he got on the chalkboard and wowed them. And you're right. Until you do the job, everybody else. Doesn't you could be the greatest play caller of all time until you call your first play? Nobody knows it. But, um, I don't know. I think I think it speaks to sort of the, the difficulty they had convincing people maybe to take this job. I mean, look, I I don't know who they offered the job to. Right? We know that that Canales they offered it to. Um, I know that they really loved Dan Pitcher. I, I mean, I think. I think we'd be naive to think that they didn't offer him the job. Now, Pitcher decided to stay in Cincinnati, uh, where he's going to be the quarterback's coach, and who wouldn't under Joe, you know, with Joe Burrow there. And a year from now, Brian Callahan, who interviewed for both the, the Colts and the Cardinals, he gets a head coaching job, and Pitcher's the C in Cincinnati. It's job security. It's a better situation. It makes sense not to move his family. But beyond that, I'm just, I'm just not sure of, you know, how many – bona fide great candidate good to great candidates would look at this as a good situation you know it's tough to me it's a tough sell 
You don't have any money under the salary cap. You're $55 million over. You don't have Tom Brady. When they started this process, because um, if you remember, it was January 19th, right, that Byron was fired and all those coaches. Well, Tom Brady didn't announce his retirement until February 1st. So they were talking to people, and they were like, well, what's Brady doing? I think most people had an idea that he might not be back. I don't think it was total shock that he decided to retire. But when they went in there, what could the Bucks say about their quarterback? Well, we got one guy, and it's Kyle Trask, and he's never played. Um, well, okay, well, what about free agency? Well, we don't have any money. Well, what about the draft? Well, we picked 19th. You know, and it, it just the more questions you would ask, I, I don't think it's something that, you know, would necessarily excite somebody with options. Like like a Todd Munkin, for example. Now, Munkin took the interview, and, and I would suspect he was one of their top candidates just because of what he's accomplished and the fact that he worked there before. I, I got to believe that that's the case. But Munkin had, he had an option. He had the Ravens. We've got Lamar Jackson. You have a more stable franchise. You're... You know, um, got John Harbaugh, who's been there forever, and on and on and on. So I'm not not surprised that Munkin ended up with the Ravens, but I don't know that the Bucks offered him or didn't offer him. But they interviewed him, and and he would have been a guy that has called plays both at both levels. So, you know, I I mean, it is what it is. We can see the names, we know who's been through here, and you know they're going to settle on. Canales, which is, hey, we'll give him, everybody will give him a chance. He deserves that, right? But did Todd Bowles know what he wanted going in? Did he, you know, or or was it just a situation where they didn't have a lot of options? They were choosing from a very small pool of guys, and some of which are 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 this. They're just guys that you hope will bring a system, um, will be, you know, sort of on the job training. And and by the way, this is not insignificant to me. Listen, I don't think they're going to get Geno Smith in here, but Geno Smith is a free agent, okay? And I, I suspect that, that he would like to remain in Seattle, and I think Seattle would like for him to stay there, and, and he's not going to be cheap. I was reading Spotrack, which projected that he's going to make well in excess of $30 million a year, which I think is probably too much for the Bucks to part with given that they have a $35 million cap hit from Tom Brady. So to budget $65, $70 million for a quarterback position, it makes it really hard to field a team. Now, that that may or may not come to pass. I, I, again, I think Seattle will make a run to keep Geno. But, you know, they also had Drew Locke. And Drew Locke and Geno were competing when, this, when the preseason started. And Locke was a guy that played a lot of football with the Denver Broncos, was a fairly uh, good-regarded draft pick coming out. He certainly could be a guy that would come with Canales. And how does that help? Well, it creates competition with Trask, um, assuming they can't get Geno, if you got a Drew Locke. And he's somebody that, that knows the offense. He's somebody that's familiar with what I would assume you know, Canales, Canales wants to be and wants to do. So that's that's another selling point. But listen, this is this is not it's not going to excite anybody like this is this is a this is a projection and and the thing that also hurts Todd Bowles a little bit is the fact that he's this is like his fourth offensive coordinator in 5 years of coaching, right? Um 
He coached four years, I think, with the Jets. He had three. Um, this will be his second year with the Bucks. This will be his second coordinator. So it's, I guess it's five and six years. So it's not, that's not a recipe for success. And that's part of the problem with having a defensive head coach is that, you know, in a game that is increasingly about offense, right? The, the rules are favoring the offense. There's a lot of space on the field that you can utilize. And um, quarterbacks are, you know, the most important thing still that you have to either develop or fit to the system. It It's just, it, it's become kind of a, a play call or an offensive play callers league when it comes to coaching. I'm not, not all of them, obviously. I mean, Belichick, you know, won a Super Bowl and, uh, you know, there's other defensive, you know, Pete Carroll is a defensive coach, for example. But what happens if those guys are successful, then somebody's going to come get their offensive coordinator and you're hiring a new coordinator every other year. And if you do have a young quarterback, that's stress on him because he's having to learn a new system every two years. Unless you've got guys coming up through the pipeline, like Dan Pitcher will with Cincinnati, that's the easiest way to do it. You keep the system and you just keep rotating through. Um, but but this is this is a great unknown. Like we we don't know exactly what this guy is going to bring, other than it, it seems that philosophically he matches what, what what Bowles wants to do. Bowles wants to run the football. Seattle ran the football. They were physical. They came downhill. They had. The you know I think the rookie of the year or one of the candidates for rookie of the year um, running back from Michigan State Kenneth and, Walker Jr. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's after Rashad Penny got hurt. I mean they had exactly they have good backs there. They really did, and and they ran it well against the Bucks when when they when they you know decided to. But um, I I don't know, man. Like this is one of those leaps of faith that I think the Bucks they they did their homework. They did a they did a lot of due diligence. We were not in those interviews. They interviewed him twice. Oh, by the way, I think Carolina also interviewed him twice, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so they, they weren't the Lone Rangers on this. But, you know, give him a chance, I suppose. And, and look, I don't – for him, it makes sense because I don't know that Pete Carroll's going to coach beyond this year. I thought there was a good chance he'd retire after last season. He was having so much fun. But – if he's not the oldest, he's one of the oldest coaches in the NFL, right behind Belichick, or they're about the I same. I believe he's older than Belichick. He is the oldest. Okay, so he is the oldest, and you know, if you're if you're this guy, you're like, well, I could be looking for a job a year from now anyway. Why not become a coordinator this year, mm-hmm. get a guaranteed contract, two or three years, and hey, maybe we win the NFC South. Maybe we find the right free agent quarterback, and nobody else has any quarterbacks in this division right now, and maybe we go nine and eight like we did in Seattle. You know, nobody, everybody wrote us off. You traded Russell Wilson, you got no chance, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, they have a hell of a year. That could Maybe that happens here. And that's what the Bucks are counting on. They're counting on sort of a bounce back, you know, when people are saying they're, that they're not any good and, you know, you got this, this new young guy with a lot of ideas and a new offense and you're going to run the ball and, you know, change the way you play a little bit. Um, so we'll see. There's also a couple guys that he could be bringing with him that, are names that you'll probably recognize if you're a Bucks fan. One of them is their assistant receivers coach from Seattle, Brad Idzik. That name's familiar because his father, John Idzik, spent 12 years with the Bucks in their front office, later became uh, assistant general manager of the Cardinals, general manager of the New York Jets. Um, also, not far from the tree, Nate Carroll, who is Pete Carroll's son, has been on his dad's staff since 2010. 
He's now a senior offensive assistant, but he's also coached other positions, I think, including receiver. So he could be a guy, perhaps that uh, that would come with him. Um, so yeah, there's you know they get, that's the next thing, right? You 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 get the offensive coordinator. Is he going to coach quarterbacks? That's what he did in Seattle. Maybe he wants to coach them himself starting out, or maybe he wants to hire somebody to coach quarterbacks because Clyde Christensen retired. Um, he's going to need a receivers coach. He's going to need a uh, running backs coach, I believe. Um, he won't need an offensive line coach or a run game coordinator as bad as they were, stunning as that might be. So the next thing will be, you know, who's his guys? And I would suspect in the interview process, um, you know, that he would have had to kind of like tell people, well, here's my plan. Here are the guys that I think I can get. This is the staff I think we can build. Um, it's the first hire by Todd Bowles, too. It's like, you know, when he got the mm-hmm. job on March 30th, they said, you're not hiring anybody. And so this is his, this is his first guy. Yeah, and there's one other thing, too, and, and everyone's focused on Geno Smith and what, you know, mm-hmm. his resurrecting his career and as well as he played this year. Yep. But don't forget, Russell Wilson was the top quarterback in this league, and once he left Canales and the staff at Seattle, he didn't look so hot. That's not so good, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's the other side of it. Now, maybe Nathaniel Hackett's offense wasn't right for Russell Wilson, and that was part of it. Sure. But when you have the system, you have the staff, Russell Wilson thrived and did very well in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he leaves there. You know, you, you think of that with the Rays a lot. Sure. You know, the players that leave and all of a sudden aren't as good. You know, and, and that says something about the staff and the people that are coaching and leading. And mm-hmm. so, you know, maybe that's another positive too for Bucks fans and, and, and why Todd Bowles, you know, ultimately chose Canals. Right. It's I just I think it's there were only a few guys that were gonna be sexy, right? Everybody wants the big names. We all you know, mm-hmm. the Munkins or somebody like that. Um and I think there's probably only a few that they offered. But really, I, I just think that this is a really difficult position to be in for anybody because you're coming in here, you don't have an established quarterback. Now, maybe you can develop Trask. Um, maybe you can add a guy like Drew Locke or somebody like Kim or maybe a Baker Mayfield, whatever. So all is not lost, right? And and I think people misinterpret like and think they're just assuming this is going to be a horrible year and and they're going to they're going to you know pay their bills and they're going to do it. Listen, I assure you Todd Bowles is not thinking about anything but winning the division and getting back to the playoffs. And and everybody should be feeling that way, right? And if you're Mike Evans and you're laying on the line for your 10th season or you're Chris Godwin and you're you're removed from ACL MCL surgery, like you're not going out there saying, "Eh, we probably win four or five games and, you know, then they'll bring in a quarterback or a new coach or, you know, we'll start all over. Like, that's just not the mentality in the NFL. You know, you scrap, you scrape, you claw, and you, and, and, and you give yourself a chance. And so it's fair to say let's just see who they add on this staff. It's Todd's first chance. He's had a lot of coordinators before. It didn't work out, obviously, with, you know, the losing seasons they had. But – the biggest thing to me is going to be the quarterback. I mean, the biggest thing is going to be if it's not Trask, who are you going to get? And it doesn't have to be Derek Carr, which I don't think they they have the money to bid for Derek Carr. who's probably the number one free agent out there. It could go to New Orleans. Um, 
But maybe you get a guy who has a second act in his career like a Geno Smith, right? Whether that's Baker Mayfield or, I mean, it could be Sam Darnold, right? It could be it could be a lot of different guys. Um, maybe in, in a weak NFC South, you play really good defense and you do run the ball and, you know, you have another good draft like they've had the last two previous years and you get another Tristan Wirfs-like player or you get another Antoine Winfield Jr.-like player and it changes your team, you know, whether that's a receiver or maybe it's um, a defensive back or or an edge rusher and you get, you know, some guys back from injury. Um, and, and so, I mean, every year is different. You, you can't really judge it in February. I mean, this time last year, Tom Brady wasn't on this roster, you know, and this is kind of what they were looking at a year ago. Um, and now we're right back here again, and Tom Brady's not on the roster, but it looks like he's not coming back. But you just can't assume things in the NFL. It's really weird that way. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I don't I don't know the guy. We're going to find out about him. I hope we get a chance to talk to him in the next week or so. It might be the combine before we actually do meet him. But um, in the meantime, they're going to be – you know, trying to fill out the rest of the staff now that this is done. And, um, yeah, we'll see. All right, we're going to get into the Lightning, who unfortunately have lost in overtime in a shootout at Arizona. They did get a point, however, but we'll tell you about that in just a minute. First, I want to tell you how to save money on your electric bill. This is so important. It's called May Electric Solar. Consider these folks. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems now for 12 years. Now, there's a lot of these fly-by-net companies, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's what they do. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. Uh, they conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, this is important. They don't use subcontractors. Uh, all those guys up there, are Billy Mays guys, are going to uh, know exactly who's doing the job, and that's important. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts. Here's the number, May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. and schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill, preserve the quality of those appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, the Lightning, uh, Steve, they got a point in Arizona. Uh, you'd like to get two, and it went to a shootout. They came very close to winning it there, and then they lose, um, I guess, well, it went to overtime, then they lose in the shootout. Elliot was in net. You still get a point. I mean, this has been a successful road trip, right? I mean, this this is all you're trying to do. It's back-to-back nights. Well, you've gotten five points out of six so far on this road trip. you got one game left. On Saturday night in Vegas. It's the Ducks, right? Yeah. No, Vegas. You already played oh, the Ducks. Oh, it's in Ducks, Vegas. So, yeah. oh, okay. That's right. Yep. So it'll be a late night to 1030 start Eastern on Saturday night. So. Oh, wow. Stay up late for that. But 
you like the way the Lightning came out and played tonight. I mean, what, the 47 shots on net? Oh, yeah. Incredible. Um, and the amount of shots they were putting up, they just they couldn't get it through the net. Connor Ingram, a former Lightning goalie prospect, his first career mm-hmm. shutout. Got to feel good for him mm-hmm. on that. Um, He's pumped, yeah. Arizona, while they're not a, a great team, they've been tough to play. I mean, Boston lost in that arena. Toronto lost in that arena. The Lightning losing a shootout tonight. Um, if you don't know, they're playing in Arizona State's arena. Mm-hmm. Their lease was out in Glendale, so now they're playing there. It's five or 6,000-seat venue. Um, it's a mm-hmm. kind of going back to the old days of playing in a barn, which you know some of yeah. these guys played either in college or juniors and all that. So. The old fairground. But uh, back-to-back nights, the Lightning go to shootouts in both nights. Came out as well as they did tonight. You just they couldn't put it in the net. I mean, five power plays went 0 for 5, but tons of shots on net during the power plays. How does that happen? Is that is that because the goaltending is so good, or you just you just snake bit on, on, on a certain night when you have that many shots? I, I think it's – I mean, I think there's some snake bit. I think they hit some posts. They – you know, there was a lot of them that just went wide or just went off. Um, the yeah. goalie, Connor Ingram, was very good. Uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes you have those days. I mean, it wasn't for lack of skating, wasn't for lack of shooting the puck. As much as Phil Esposito would like to scream shoot the puck, they actually did. Just didn't go in. I think, you know, we haven't heard John Cooper's comments yet. The game just ended as we were taping this, but I'm sure he's not going to be disappointed with the effort. No, I guess there's nights like that, right, where you mm-hmm. you know can't buy one and and any credit their goaltender and their defense and 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 move on. But um, these road trips, I mean, this is a long one, and it's out west, mm-hmm. playing this, at different times. Yeah, this is the uh, Saturday will be the last game outside the Eastern Time Zone for the Lightning this year. Is that right? Wow. Yep. So this is our final trip out west, and so from here on out, it's just uh, Eastern Time Zone teams. Well, that'll be helpful for sure with mm-hmm. all the travel they do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also some news in in baseball. These changes they're making, um, Steve. I'm not up on all of them. I mean, I know they're going to go, or they made it a rule now with the um, extra inning games, starting a runner at second base, the old Texas tiebreaker, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What and then there's a few others. One of which I'm not really sure about, and that is changing the size of the bases. That's odd to me for some reason. Well, they're trying to create more scoring. I mean, essentially, mm-hmm. you're putting four to five to six inches less you have to get from first to second base. Right. Depending on how the, the base is. I mean, it's three inches wider. You know, each side is, you know, three inches wider. So um, yeah. you're, you're trying to basically increase scoring. I mean, how many bang-bang plays do you see at second, whether stealing a base or going for a double? Oh, yeah. Now it's just a little bit less you have to travel to get there. So the whole, you know, and, and I, does does this mean that we'll see guys stealing more bags or trying to steal more bags because they they have that little couple inch advantage? You think? Uh, you, I mean, you hope so. But now you, the other thing to think of is that you know the infielders can't shift anymore. So that's true. So your shortstop and second base are going to be in a more natural position. You can't have both on one side try to steal as well. Mm-hmm. So, although I saw some crazy uh, drawings of some teams considering putting the left fielder in short right field in motion and the third the third no I'm moving the left fielder actually to where your shortstop or third base or your shortstop would be deep yeah okay. no I mean shift over to second base side but put them on, to make the third infielder essentially where your Can third you do that though 
you, you can, can do move, that. You can move the outfield as long as you have the four infielders on the infield dirt. But the oh, third baseman okay. at the basically the pitch would then run out to the outfield and be expected to oh, cover okay. left field in that regard. Okay. Um, I think you're going to see lots of crazy things like that being tried in spring training mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. You know, much like the Lightning have done four man or, or Lightning, the Rays have done four man outfields. Right. The last couple seasons, I think you're going to see a lot of. You know, does the left fielder come over to sec, you know, the second base side? And, you know, they're an outfielder. They can play out there. The The rule is yeah, two what, infielders like, have to be on each side of the infield and have to have their feet on the dirt. So you could take an outfielder and play him, like, in shallow right, uh, almost as if he was a second baseman in a shift, right? Mm-hmm. But you're giving up the whole left side of the outfield, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, or which at that point, like I said, at that point, the third baseman or the shortstop would then be responsible to cover left field if a ball gets hit out there because you have to have both of them on that side of the the infield. So I I think you'll see – I think you're going to see lots of things like that tried in spring training. They're going to experiment and see what works and what doesn't. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, if if there's anyone that's going to take advantage of it and find out analytically otherwise or athletically what they can do – um, it's going to be the race. The thing that, that kind of is weird to me is that I guess people around baseball have held so many of the numbers in the game. And I know there was a steroid era, and, and for that reason, a lot of them aren't being even elected to the Hall of Fame. But, um, you know, you, how many doubles can you hit in a season? How many stolen bases could you have in a season? When And, and then the bases are, are larger, right? Like, there's a lot that a lot of numbers and things that people keep pretty dear in baseball, mm-hmm. not so much in other sports, that are going to be affected by this. And then, well, but but, but I, I, I mean, steroids has affected it. Um, they yeah, juice the balls before it affected it. I mean, there's all kinds of things they do and change. I mean, in 1968, well, this is legislated, right? Well, yeah, like, but 1968, like, they you know lowered the mound. They lowered the mound because of Bob Gibson, yeah, because the pitching got so good and. That's true. That's true. You know, I mean, the, the baseball does change things throughout time as, as things happen. Um, you know, hitters have a lot more equipment up there. They're not afraid to yeah. get hit. And, you know, right. pitchers don't go inside anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that have changed over time. Um, yeah. I, look, I, I think Ball baseball. Ballparks have changed. They've gotten a lot smaller. And, yeah. I mean, you got the band box in New York there. Sure. Sure. I mean, you know, how many times do you say that'd be in a home run in one park? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the polo grounds back in the day looked like Yellowstone. It oh, was yeah. like 435 <laughs> out in center field. Yeah. I mean, if you ever watched the catch Willie Mays makes, he's about 500 feet from home plate. But, I, was, I was at Old Tiger Stadium. It was similar, too. I mean, it was. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, was a, it deep. Was, yeah. And you had to, and, and so you had to draft and play accordingly, right? Like If you had that much ground to cover in the mm-hmm. outfit, you better have some fast outfitters out there. And some guys that can hit the ball in the gap because you could run for a week, you know, if you hit it out to the wall. So, yeah, I suppose it's all an adjustment. Um, and the teams that figured out, and I would give the Rays a lot of credit to do this, are going to be the ones that benefit from it. And, and I think, too, the more athletic teams, which I also think fits in the Rays' advantage. Well, you it's look funny at because, you know, Wander Franco at shortstop, Brendan Lau at second, Taylor Walls in your infield, or Vidal Brujan. I mean, you've got athletic yeah. guys that can cover a lot of ground. That's right. And I think you know they have an advantage there in, in that regard. 
And a really good outfield, a really fast outfield too that can be versatile and um, move around as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll hopefully it helps their offense because I'll be honest with you, the fact that they haven't made a deal or could not make a deal for another bat after watching them struggle to one, one run in like 24 innings in the postseason – they are really counting on guys staying healthy and and having much better bounce back years than they've ever had, and they'd all have to do it for them to be successful. You know, I think they're going to pitch better than most teams for sure, and they're deep in their pitching staff, and maybe they still trade an arm for some bats. But um, you know, as it stands right now, I don't know where all the runs are going to come from, but we'll see. Spring training is underway. They're they're at Disney, right? Yeah, pitchers and catchers had their first workout on Wednesday. Back at it today mm-hmm. for day two. The hitters mm-hmm. will report, I think, Monday. I think they're doing camp. Right. Sunday or Monday. So a lot of them yeah. come early, of course. Right. All right. Well, in full disclosure, we had already taped a mailbag show for today's show. Mm-hmm. And then the Bucks went ahead and hired Dave Canales. So <laughs> uh, we're going to air that mailbag show tomorrow. So in go. case anything uh, sounds a little dated or that's references, uh, yeah, that, that's why we had actually taped it earlier on Thursday and or on Wednesday. It's Thursday right. now as we're taping this late, but yeah, right. we taped it early on Wednesday for Thursday. So we're going to hold that show for Friday. So yeah, uh, your mailbag questions tomorrow, but go ahead and get some more in because we're going to answer more next week. We have some left over still at Sports Day TV. Today. Yeah, mm-hmm. at Sports Day TV at NFL Stroud on Twitter. Or R Stroud at TampaBay.com via email. Yeah. No, they're they are pouring in. Um and and even before that they, they hired Dave Canales, who by the way, uh tweeted uh, as we are signing off here, humbled by my time with the Seahawks and honored to have worked with some of the best talent in the game. Thank you to the players, the coaches, administration, and the twelves for the memories. Thrilled for what's to come, absolutely. But in this moment, I'm thankful for 13 years he spent in Seattle. That's a long time with one organization in this business with a coaching staff um, when you're in the coaching business. So not only is he leaving an organization after 13 years, he is leaving. He's coming about as far as you can from Seattle to Tampa, unless you're going to Miami. Um, and that is a culture change and everything else. So um, a lot of changes for Dave. Uh, and, and listen, I look forward to meeting him. I hope we get a chance to learn more about him uh, today, tomorrow, hopefully write about him later in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. Uh, there's a lot of people that we know that he has crossed paths with that hopefully will give us some insight as to who he is. Hopefully we'll talk to Jason Light or Todd Bowles or somebody before we go to the NFL Combine. But it, it may be uh, not until the end of the month that we really do get a chance to talk to them about him. I don't know. There's nothing scheduled right now with the Bucks. We'll have to see what they do the rest of the week. So in the meantime, uh, keep it on TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times for more information about the Bucks, their coaching situation, and what, uh, what Dave will bring to the football team. Mailbag tomorrow, something we had taped earlier, but still some really good questions that we will get to. And... Um, then we'll we'll pretty much call it a week. Lots going on. The Lightning, I guess they head. Where do they head next, Steve? They go Vegas on Saturday night. Las Vegas for the weekend. Yeah, how about that? And wrap yeah. up their uh, their West Coast trip. Oh, one other thing. Uh, Phil Esposito announced as the uh, first inductee into the Lightning Hall of Fame, which will take that? place on March seventeenth, and then uh, ceremony on the eighteenth before the game against Canadians. Marty St. Louis and Vinny Lecavalier automatic entries 
into the mm-hmm. newly created Lightning Hall of Fame because their numbers are in the rafters. So those three will go yeah. in on Friday, March 17th at Amelie. It's great for Phil. It's great for Phil and, and you know, the founder, really, of, of the hockey club. And I'll never forget that day because it was so weird. You know, everybody had been pursuing uh, baseball and, you know, uh, of course we had the Bucks, And it was like the the Tampa Bay got a, got a hockey team? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Um, but Phil, Phil was uh, – you know, so steadfast in that pursuit, and look what they've become. Look who they are now. Uh, one of the greatest organizations in, in pro sport. It's just it's phenomenal. So good for him. That'll be a, that'll be a fun night. All right, thanks for listening. For Steve Burstyn, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.